All right, Ambush, and today we are joined by a guest who is blending pop, disco, soul, and R&B, and with this combination, he plans to take you through space and time with his upcoming debut EP entitled Afro Not. And of course, our guest today, he is Jem. How is it going today, Jem? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, having myself a fantastic day. Even better now that I uh, get to discuss some incredible music, I must say. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, it's. I appreciate the incredible songs. I've been jamming them all morning here, having myself a nice groove, having myself a good time. And of course, I'd want to dive right in feet first here with this album and of course diving into some of the research i can sort of see it's a little bit of a concept album so i'd like to kick things off right there so where exactly did the afro not begin was it the story was it the music where did this uh process start for gem so it's actually really funny because a lot of these well not a lot of these some of these songs um were written when i was as young as um 22 or 23 so many many years ago and what i guess sort of like sparked the whole thing was i went on a trip to the uk i went to london on a songwriting mission because i'd started to record something else and i just didn't like the way that it was turning out the sounds weren't sounding correct So I got really frustrated because, you know, it was one of my favorite songs that actually didn't end up making the album. And one of my buddies that I'd met, just like networking and being in the scene, was like, hey, uh, let's go on a songwriting mission. Let's let's go to the UK and write some uh, music for these artists like I have an in. So we go to the UK. The label we're supposed to write with goes silent. And we're just there in London with these studios and no artist to write with. So I'm like to my friend, his name is uh, Matthew Fudge. I'm like, Matthew, like what, what, what are, well, I call him Fudgy. I'm like, Fudgy, what are we going to do? And he's like, just come to the studio. It's all going to be fine. So the first day me and him just wrote a song. Then at the end of that day, he was like, hey, just like send out a call. Like, you know, some people in London, right? And I'm like, I, I I literally don't know any musicians here. And he's like, just 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 put it out there. So I put out a call on Instagram. I'm like, who's in London? Three of my friends reply. <laughs> Two of my friends are touring with this artist named Ren. So my pal Stacy and um Matthew Kahane come into the studio. And we wrote Space and Time in like, I don't know, like maybe like half an hour. It was one of those like really freaky sort of because because not every song works like that but this one it was just it just felt right and then the next day my friend chelsea um who goes by say blue came in and we wrote a song called warmest cold night so i came back from london and i was like i have this song about space wait i wrote that song blame it on the universe oh and i have this song called supernova that i'd written in a songwriting camp with a bunch of other friends. And it just sort of dawned on me that I had all these songs about space. So I was like, okay, like maybe I can just sort of like group these together somehow. 
And then I started listening to an audiobook called The 4D or like Four Dimensional Songwriter. And one of the chapters says one of the most important parts of putting together a record is having a character for people to fall in love with. And I was like, well, like I love video games. I love Nintendo. Like I grew up playing like Mario and all of that stuff. And then, I don't know, the album is about space and things like that. So I was like, well, there aren't very many Black astronauts. Like, maybe it would be cool to, like, create a Black astronaut. And then some pals of mine called uh, Good Kid, who are uh, from Toronto, they use a lot of pixel art for their artwork. And one of my friends, Gabriel Altros, does all of that pixel art. So I was just sort of like, okay. We could create this video game character. We could use pixel art. We can like draw on like Nintendo, which is like such a big part of my life and like video games. And yeah, that, that's how Afronaut was born. It was pretty, pretty random. Wow. So you already had all of these songs together, essentially. It was just they needed a, a character to help uh, carry the story to complete it. Exactly. and. I mean, some of them were like written a little bit later on, but like some of them had been around for a while and I just needed the character and to write Space and Time. Also to write Show Me, which was released in 2020 to realize, oh, wait, like there are so many commonalities and I can weave a storyline out of this with a beginning, middle and end. Oh, fantastic. And of course, I love how you mentioned uh, the imagery behind the album, because myself too, a big Nintendo kid, big 8-bit, 16-bit person growing up. So that was immediately something I loved looking at it too. And I love how you sort of uh, carried that through, uh, made that a theme. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So when it comes, we spoke about how the uh, character came to life and sort of how some of these songs existed. Some of them were created afterwards. When it comes to uh, the production side of the album, the recording of the album, when exactly, where exactly did that take place? What was that process like? Okay, so it's, it's, it's all different depending on the song. So we'll go... We'll go song by song. Okay. So Supernova. I have a friend that I met at a concert. I was playing a concert with Zaki Ibrahim. I met this guy named Stephen Lucky. He came to the show. And he came up to the dressing room and was just sort of like, okay, you guys, like, what's your deal? Like, do you write? Do you produce? Do you this? Do you that? And I was like, I, I write, I produce, I do all these different things. And he's like, well, I'm having a songwriting camp. Do you want to come? And I was like, where? And he was like, Dreamhouse Studios. And I was like, that's so interesting because uh, this band that I played in before, the OBGMs, that's where we recorded like the bulk of our music and stuck to my heart. Uh, my first single was also recorded there. And I was like, I know that place. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd love to come. So go to this songwriting camp meet a bunch of amazing artists but the artists that i ended up in a room with were even lucky the uh person who like connected me with the camp in the first place brooke has a party who's from australia amazing singer and songwriter and then we got zachary galman 
also who I believe is from Alberta. So we're just in this room and I think it was Brooke that actually suggested that concept and was like, oh, I want to write something about space. And then like, he's like, what is in space? And I'm like, supernovas. And we're like, okay, like what, what can we sort of write about this? So me and Brooke like go about like sort of like writing the verse and the chorus sort of together. Like he's taking care of like all of the production, but also, you know, like writing little bits and bobs here and there. And then we got to the bridge and then we're all just sort of like stumped. And then Zachary comes through with this crazy bridge. And we're like, okay, perfect. We have a song. So that one was just sort of like all in a room with a goal to write the song. But then when you talk about Moonless, Mm -hmm. I wrote that alone, you know, at, at my piano, like sort of an acoustic version. And then I went to my friend, Michael Tompa, and I was like, hey, Mike, I feel like this needs some more production. Can, can we beef this up a little bit? So, you know, talking about the sounds that we want to use, using like, you know, like real piano for some of the tracks as well. Like Supernova has real piano, like Blame It on the Universe has real piano. So some of these just sort of like start from scratch, just me alone and then bring them to a producer. Some of them, you know, work with the producer at the same time. So like, tell me you love me, for example. I wrote with my friend, Daniel Adams, who is this awesome producer from Newfoundland. I feel like you might've interviewed Rachel Cousins. I did actually. And she mentioned you during that interview. There you go. So it all comes full circle. Um, Yeah, Rachel is so awesome. Dan is so awesome. She used to just live down the street from me, actually. So just went over to his house and we would just get together and and write these songs. So I came up with the piano line first. And then I feel like he came through with like some of the really cool, like spatial, like sounding elements. He's a whiz on drums. I hate doing drums. Like God bless him for doing (laughs) I feel you. And just like very cool sound effects and, you know, just polishing existing sounds to make them sound nicer. And, you know, like down to like helping me write lyrics as well. So this one, it's funny, we actually came to a halt because I'd written the, we'd we'd written the first verse and the chorus. And then I'm like, what is the second verse? I don't know what the second verse is. I don't know what the rest of this song is. Like, I think we're going to have to like hit the brakes on this song. And I was like, kind of disappointed. So Elsa or Wild Black, who I had mentioned before that I was in um, Sask with. Yeah. I had only known her like maybe like a year or like a year and a half at this point. And I was like, I wonder if she would like want to collaborate with me. So I reach out to her and I'm like, Hey, also, like, I have this song. I really like it. I really love your music and what you're doing. I think we could do, like, a cool little sort of, like, feature, like, duet thing. And she's like, okay, can you do me a favor and just send me the instrumental? Don't send me any lyrics. Like, I don't want to know what you've written so far. Just, like, I want to get a general idea of the song. 
but I don't want to hear what you've done. And I'm like, this is different, but okay, let's, let's, let's try this out. So I send her the instrumental. And then a few days later, she sends me back what she's done and it fits perfectly. So that's how that song came together. Wow. Wow. What are the chances? (laughs) It's, it's, it's pretty wild though. Cause it was on the shelf for a little while Mm. for at least like six or seven months. So it's never the same, (laughs) you know? Hey, and like you said, you were disappointed, just waiting, wondering like, what am I going to do with this? And then just that one random spot of like, oh yeah, no, just send it to me, but don't send me that thing that you've been sitting on this entire time. And then somehow it just ends up fitting perfectly. And it's like, oh, actually, you know, I don't have to do anything else with this. Cool. (laughs) There you go. When it works, it works. Trust the process. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Now, like I said, I've been loving this album too. And you've been mentioning some of the tracks here and how they came together. I'd love to dive into some of the uh, lyrical content behind some of these songs, what they mean to the story and otherwise too. So, of course, uh, you mentioned one of the most recent singles there with Moonless being there too you mentioned how it came together i'd love to know exactly what does it mean towards this story this narrative so i guess what it means would be the feeling of i don't know just sort of the emptiness that you feel when someone decides to make a departure from your life you know, it just feels like a part of your life is like really gone missing. And I guess like that's the metaphor when Afronaut re- wakes up and realizes, oh no, the alien is gone. Like where, where did they go? Like there's, there's no moon or stars in the sky anymore. The earth is shrouded in darkness. Like what am I going to do? Like I feel so incomplete. So thus climbing onto the roof and singing to the sky and hoping that the alien will come back. I love the way that you put that. Whereas like the moon, the stars and like everything is gone. Like, you know, like that's love. Like that's feeling. That's emotion. I love that, man. Thank you. Ah, that's powerful. That's very powerful. And of course, uh, another song that we mentioned there is another recent track there. Space and Time, that actually being the most recent single, my apologies there. Mm -hmm. With Space and Time as well, being a little bit of a different feel in terms of not just musically, which one thing, another thing I love about this EP, every song has its own identity with the music, but of course with the lyrics too. So when it comes to Space and Time, how is that, what is that piece of the story for it? So I guess this piece of the story now is Afronaut sort of like coming to terms with the fact that, you know, there's two sides to every argument and you sometimes have to agree to disagree because some, when, when it's not a match, it's, it, it's not a match. And you have to eventually, I guess, decide, am I going to put my foot down and stand up for myself and like say what I need? Because Uh, just like sort of almost like doubling back a little bit to tell me you love me. 
love languages. It's funny. I did this interview where this interviewer asked me about my love language and I, I didn't quite like understand why the question was asked at first, but then it made me realize that mine and Afronaut's love language, one of our top ones is words of affirmation. And that is what Afronaut is looking for. And that's why Tell Me You Love Me exists. And that is why space and time exists because Afronaut was not getting those words of affirmation. So definitely uh, two different vibes there, tail ends of the story for sure. As you mentioned, um, words of affirmation. And even as you mentioned from Moonless too, where singing out to the stars, giving your own words of affirmation, but not maybe getting them back later on. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Wow. So what would you say, of course, with Afronaut, what would you say the overarching theme of the uh, entire EP would be then? Okay. So it would be self-love, like like searching for self-love, because that Afronaut thinks that he is like searching for the alien when he goes on this quest into space to like find them but what he actually finds is himself so just like self-acceptance self-love and confidence i just gave me chills well done (laughs) of course we've been speaking about also how this has been quite the process to get to this point of releasing this EP, Afronaut. So, of course, I have to ask, with it being coming out in almost a month here now of the recording of this interview, what is your anticipation like? What is uh, the feeling, the vibe like, knowing that this uh, moment is almost here? Hmm. That's a really good question. I don't know. I, like, I feel like I should be, like, super excited but it just feels normal it feels like a long time coming because i've been making music for so long and the fact that like i this is only going to be my bo- my first body of work like at this point in my career is is i don't know it just seems like almost hilarious to me now at this point but I am happy and I am proud because I did it exactly the way that I wanted to do it. I didn't rush anything. I took my time and I can truly stand behind it because I mean, a lot of, I I don't tell a lot of people this, but like I have another EP and like another group of songs, well, many groups of songs that I just never released because they just didn't feel right. So it's exciting to have something that feels right. Hey, hey, I like, I like hearing that. Something that feels right. And I want to dive into that a little bit more very soon. But before I get there, I have to ask, um, what does the future here hold? What else can we expect from the story of Afronaut? Talking about, so talking about like in the constraints of this EP or after the EP? Whatever you want to tell us. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> there's definitely more songs that are demoed, but just not 
completely finished and polished, but there is definitely more to come. And I would say expect sort of like a celebration and a rebirth of this sort of newfound confidence from Afronaut. All right. Awesome. A newfound confidence. And you've mentioned uh, Afronaut has helped you to uh, maybe learn a few other things like your love language and otherwise. And that's where I would love to uh, end things off here is by asking, how has the process of crafting Afronaut helped you to grow as a person or what has it taught you about yourself? Mm. It's taught me that I really need to pause and think before I make decisions and act in terms of, I guess, giving away my heart. Because like I have a really big heart and just like Afronaut, you know, like I have a thirst for adventure, but I also have a thirst for connection. And sometimes, I guess you could say almost the vetting process. Well, there is no vetting process. <laughs> so I think that I need to be better at asking for what I need from the jump so that I can get more of what I need out of the relationship in my life. And I guess just being being a bit more cautious and selective with who I exchange energy with. Hey, I was going to say, you got to protect your energy for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you can only improve one way. And it sounds like uh, you're beginning to take that process. So I thank you for sharing that lesson with us, as well as the uh, journey here towards this AP Afronaut with us today on the DTP. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Love your podcast. Love what you do. Thanks so much. Y'all heard it here from Jem. Sometimes even the aliens and the astronauts uh, need to take a little bit of time. Need to protect their energy. Take a little bit of uh, space, for lack of a better term. And of course, Jem wants to take you on a journey through space with his brand new EP, The Afronaut. It's waiting for you right now. This journey over on your favorite music streaming service. What are you waiting for? When you get there, when you finally listen, if you like what you hear, why don't you go ahead and give this EP a share? Tag Gem when you do so. If you enjoyed today's interview enough to uh, share it, please do that as well. When you do, you can tag Gem, the Desert Tiger podcast, as well as me, the Colton G. Let us know what your favorite moments of the conversation were of this upcoming journey of the Afronauts. You can also give us a five-star review you can head to our web store. It is www.deserttiger.shop. And you can also go ahead and follow these words of advice. Go out, find your roar, and then let it out into the world. Or better yet, into space. Yes, let it out into space. Let space know that you are wondrous, that you are powerful, that you are mighty. 
a mighty tiger who's also beautiful. I forgot that one. Either way, we got it. We hit the points. It's our time to say goodbye until next time. Never forget that you are a mighty tiger. Until next time, Ambush. Bye-bye. The Desert Tiger Podcast.